Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, big night tonight on Lulz. We have a special guest who's going to be joining us in a little bit. You guys might know him as Yuri Shifditz. He is uh, the man behind Super Dow. And Brian is drinking a Mark's Hard Lemonade as well. So, I mean, what two bigger events could we have than those two? That was a secret between the two of us. <laughs> um, you're, something with your mic just changed from when we were uh, backstage. Now you sound, oh, yeah? you sound like all distorted. I think here, let's try. Uh... That sounds. Oh, like you know why? I don't know why. <laughs> you sound a little better now. Let's see. That's How about better. that's better. Yeah, you, you you just said your levels are a little loud, so you're kind of popping a little bit. But I think I think we're in business now. Okay, I'll turn the mic volume down a little bit. How about that? Is that yeah, better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, you tell me if it if it goes and goes haywire. Okay. Um, so, uh, it looks like our special guest is here right now, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Let's bring him in. Yuri, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. good. Uh, I've been terrified on how to pronounce your last name. Yeah. It's Yuri Lipschitz. Awesome. What, what, uh, what origin is that? Uh, it is a Jewish last name. The largest number of Lifshitzes is in Israel, also a lot in Russia. The most famous uh, Lifshitz in the world is actually designer Ralph Lauren. He's actually a Ralph Lifshitz. Wow. Okay. There you go. And so, I mean, if DAOs become as big as I'm guessing you think they could become, do you think you could kind of take Lauren over as the as the top uh, Lifshitz? Uh, I'll, let, I'll let him be in the first spot. <laughs> Uh, Brian, Started down to buy Ralph that's Lauren. Right. That's that's the angle. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That. Why don't you, uh, Brian? Why don't you introduce uh, our guest because he first came uh, on your radar. Yeah, he came on my radar. I was listening to the Anthony Pomp- Pompliano podcast, the Pomp podcast, and Yuri was on there. And um, and we, you know, we were interested, Yuri. Just so you know, you don't know a lot about us either. We've done this podcast for a while now, a couple of years, and um, mainly our audience is like gamblers, mainly like the daily fantasy sports sector, sports betting, a little bit of poker, and we're also into crypto and NFTs and stuff like that. So we kind of go off the rails sometimes and just talk about whatever we're we're into during that moment. We had a big um, a big few months there where we were really into uh, NBA Top Shots. Pete hosts another show. Club Top Shot, which is all about M- NFTs, and he has a coder on that show too. Um, 
anyways, and so I, I heard yours and I thought it would be fun to kind of dive into some DAO um, first, you know, information on what it is so people know what it is first off. And then maybe we could even possibly build something for for our for our show and our discord or something like that if it's if it's humanly possible just something fun that we're interested in and the and the real reason or that it interests me is because we talk a lot about like um legislation on this show like sports gambling legislation specifically and i kind of feel like dow lobbying is an angle that people might go down a route a lot of people might go down and maybe even like some sort of like lobbying arms race could happen here where it's kind of like these hyper specific lobbying group Dow lobbying groups kind of trying to influence uh, politics in their state or on a federal level or something like that. I could see something like that. And, um, and so like that was kind of my first thought. And then we went in our discord and, and told them this idea and then asked if anybody has any ideas on Dow's that they'd be, interested in because you know there's a ton of fun ones out there like buying a baseball team or buying a a golf course or something like that and so uh we got some suggestions i think figure maybe we could brainstorm through that and then uh pete you wanna you wanna chime in here and and i I think we definitely need a little premiere on what a dow is too yeah, Yuri, why don't you give us kind of the the high level on on your background, uh, DAOs, and, and a little bit about SuperDAO just to kind of give us a good foundation for this conversation. Awesome, awesome. I'll try, I'll try to be quick. So, <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, hi, everyone. Excited to be on the show. I'm Yuri. I was originally born in Russia. Uh, as a kid, I was growing up as a mathematician, participating in the math Olympics, uh, then did PhD in computer science. I was teaching grad courses on crypto before crypto was a crypto. So it was uh, cryptography, not cryptocurrencies back then. So teaching things like Byzantine uh, uh, generals, fault tolerance, and zero-knowledge proofs, things that are currently like a foundations for the crypto uh, and blockchains. But back then, everyone thought that was just you know funny mathematical theorems with absolutely no applications, uh, and uh, including myself. <laughs> so it was a big surprise to see how it all played out. Um, I moved to United States, was a scientist at Caltech, Yahoo, started four companies before. One of them was acquired for $80 million or more, but I don't even know because I started that company under Venture Studio and then they left and then they sold it. So oh. they kind of got most of the money and uh, I, I don't know. even they, they, The press said $80 million, $150 million, so it was a good exit, but uh, not for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, learned a lot there, uh, started one more company after that. Uh, that one didn't work that that well, so we shut it down, open sourced it. And, uh, and now started SuperDAO. SuperDAO is four months old. It's a new company. Uh, it's basically Shopify for DAOs. It's like the easiest way possible to start and grow your DAO. Uh, we're trying to make it possible for people who with like without technical background and without lawyers and smart contract developers to, to do it. Um, our mission is to help launch a million DAOs. And uh, so a lot, a lot of work ahead of us. We got surprisingly positive uh, reception and backing by investors. Incredible, I would say. So we raised $1 million in the first week of existence when it was just me. No product, no customers, no team. Uh, very shaky market knowledge uh, back then. Um, and then two or three months later, it was a team of 20. Still no product, still no customers, still figure things out. And then we raised $10 million and $160 million valuation which is really solid seed round to be, uh, like even in the crypto times. And uh, 
especially pre-product. So probably one of the largest seed rounds pre-product is like Clubhouse did 100, uh, 10 on 100 and they had the product. And then so there is something there. So there is a special reason why investors are so bullish on the idea, why they think the DAO economy so, can be so big and when specifically Super DAO can be the right player to kind of move this forward. Uh, so yeah, maybe tell you about uh, what we're actually building. Um, we're building a couple of things. Uh, so the first one is smart contracts. So essentially, basically helping you to put any organization on chain, kind of describe it on chain, what it is, how many members, are the members based on NFTs or tokens or both? Is there any voting system? Is there any shared assets like wallets and whatnot? Uh, and uh, who can upgrade the contract? How things can be changed? Uh, who has like what kind of permissions and rights and, and so on? So we, like the DAOs come to us, idea stage DAOs, and we like listen to them. We ask them to fill a couple forms, talk to them, and then say, okay, we got it. So this is your smart contract. Uh, in the future, it will be fully no code, no human involved, but we're not there yet. Uh, and then that's kind of step one. And step two is providing them a nice uh, kind of humanly usable interface. We call it member space or workspace, but it's basically a place where people can hang out. It has four uh, key elements, member directory, seeing who is who is in the DAO, uh, newsfeed, it's kind of one-to-many communication and member-only content, uh, including votable updates, so including some lightweight governance. Uh, number three is uh, asset management treasury dashboard, kind of seeing what are the things that you guys own together. And number four is um, compensation management and kind of task board. It's like what kind of jobs are there for the DAO, who can do it, how you get paid, is it request for proposals? Is it invoices? Is it contests? Is it giveaways? Uh, like you, you can use different forms of employment, compensation, rewards, and incentives to kind of work with your contributors. Uh, so that's kind of what we do. Now, and maybe to just uh, not to wind us back too much, but do you think just for people who aren't familiar, you could um, kind of just define what a DAO is and maybe kind of what some of the best use cases are just for people who are, you know, coming at this from a very, uh, you know, first time uh, experience? Oh, absolutely. So there are two definitions. So there are two camps uh, that have very different definition. And so they at war right now with each other. So the, the first uh, camp says a DAO is decentralized autonomous organization. And here decentralized means that there is no core or central or like key team that is responsible for success of the, the whole thing. And so it's uh, kind of a lot of people, but no one in particular is responsible to move things forward. Uh, and number two, autonomous meaning that the software is in charge. So whatever software says, humans can't override it. It's kind of runs on itself. If humans stop doing, things will continue going. Maybe they will not evolve as much, but they get to. And the, the original reason why you would structure as a DAO is because you really want your token to behave pretty much like equity and be traded, uh, but you don't want to register for some reason uh, as a security. And so you want to pretend or like behave as gold or oil prices. And so you say, hey, no one controls oil. There is no company that produces oil or gold. So therefore it's decentralized. There are so many sources of it. And therefore there are prices, but it's not equity. And you don't need to register like natural resources as securities. And therefore, like if we behave like natural resources, then we will can avoid. And then people realize, oh, it's actually like behaving in some way decentralized and in some way uh, like with uh, putting uh, software instead of lawyers in charge 
has a lot of benefits. So why not we start doing more, more stuff like that? But uh, the people who start using DAOs for benefits and not for the legal reasons, they realize they don't really need to be fully decentralized, at least not on day one. And uh, they don't need to be uh, like fully software over humans. It can be software plus humans. Some rules made by software, some rules made by humans. Uh, so the new definition, and this is a big shocker, a DAO is a company. That's it. <laughs> so so it's like, it's an organization, no longer decentralized and autonomous, but it is using uh, blockchain as jurisdiction. So it's kind of uses blockchain as a system of record where it records what it is, as opposed to like any national legal system. Uh, and the, the people from the first camp are really upset about the second camp because they felt, no, no, the DAO is our thing. Like you're like completely butchering the definition and your DAOs are not DAOs. And, but still in 2022, nearly all DAOs are not DAOs. So they, 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 the second generation DAOs. Yeah. That's a big, uh, the whole Bitcoin maxi or just maxis in general is if yeah, it's yeah. not decentralized, it's crap and it's kind of yeah, annoying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the history repeats itself with DAOs as much as, uh, cryptocurrencies. Yes. What a, I, I have a feeling, you know, similar to the criticisms that you hear for crypto, for NFTs, they say, why does this need to be its own coin? Why does this need to be an NFT? I assume people are going to have that same thing. Why does a company need to be a DAO? What are kind of, you know, the, yeah, yeah. what makes it. it so advantageous? Yeah. Yeah. There are three advantages. The first, you go to investor and say, hey, I have a company, please give me investment. And they say, sure, your company is valued at $10 million. You say, oh, I forgot to mention, it is a DAO. I say, oh, fine, then it's $40 million. And uh, so basically, valuation is uh, four, five, seven, ten times higher for exact same company. If you say that you will be eventually a token-traded company, not the equity-traded company, so your, your life dream is to be traded on Coinbase, not uh, uh, NASDAQ, you just get high valuation, even if it's the same project. And uh, the reason why investors behave that way because they see that the late stage projects are uh, tried it very highly on crypto exchanges relative to their business progress. So they, they behave in very rationally given the early stage valuations higher. Why so? Because uh, the late stage projects, they trade their own stock. So they, they actively use their own kind of uh, cash balance, uh, either revenue or raised from investors to engage market makers and trade and maintain, not to say artificially high price, but you know, they play in their own token and uh, therefore they can move it in a very high, especially when circulation is low and you have high you know, leverage of your own capital and whatnot. And most of your investors are locked in, so they're not really trading right now. Um, yeah, so uh, it's very rational. Basically, you're raising more money, bad, better terms. That's one reason. Uh, the second reason is uh, you can grow faster. So, and you can grow in the areas where you feel there is already monopolies. So you go to YouTube or Netflix or something, you feel like how you can do another YouTube? No way. How you do can do another Spotify? No way. But if you say, well, it's a Spotify, but it's a Spotify DAO, a podcast DAO, and like, oh yeah, then it's, yeah, you can definitely grow. You just give everyone a bunch of coins, everyone got excited and start putting podcasts in the network with zero followers and you give a bunch of tokens to followers and then they will join and start listening because they feel like they're earning tokens by just listening on your network as opposed to podcast. Spotify and maybe you know you overcome the cold start problem and you start a new network. So that's kind of overcoming cold start problem, building network effects, building communities before you have product and utility, incentivizing incentivizing early participants. What are some of the um, 
most successful or kind of gold standards for DAOs uh, right now? Because it's still, I assume for a lot of people might seem like this abstract thing. It sounds great on paper, but who's actually executing this? Well, one, on the first generation, that would be Ethereum. The Ethereum itself. Like you can think of that as a DAO. They were one of the first people to, you know, including Vitalik Buterin to think about what DAO is. And uh, it is decentralized. There is no single like big company that, you know, drives Ethereum forward. And there is a token and it's traded everywhere. So it is very much a, a poster child of the, the DAO first generation and more successful, the highest capitalization and so on. Uh, probably, you know, top 100 company in the world, if not top 20. I didn't, I didn't need to double check. Uh, and uh, if we talk about second generation, those kind of not fully DAOs or like flexible DAOs of modern DAOs. Uh, well, there are the usual suspects like friends with benefits of Flamingo DAO or whatever. Um, but uh, Constitution DAO or Kraus House or uh, the one that I think is the best, TBD. I don't think we actually have the the best DAO of the second generation yet. So I would what say- do you, What do you think about those ones? Like the ones that tried to buy the soccer team, the, like the third yeah, tier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call, we call them either property DAOs or single purpose acquisition DAOs. I don't know. We, we, we're still figuring out the term for that. Uh, um, oh, acquisition DAOs just in general. I like them. I think it's a it's a viable viable approach. Uh, and again, they they- they bring fresh approach to previously monopolized industries like NBA industries and monopolized like soccer clubs or golf industry or fast food chains. There was a recent fries DAO uh, thing. Uh, yeah. So they all were monopolized. It was very hard to enter like late enter, enter like, like, you know, and so with, with the DAO approach, you can kind of break into the previously closed markets. Uh, and the third advantage, I, I need to complete this, the, the previous answer is uh, employment. So we have advantage on fundraising, we have advantage on growth, and then we have advantage on employment. So with traditional organization, try to employ a thousand people in one week in hundred countries, impossible. Like so much bureaucracy, so much forms, so much tax obligation, reporting, uh, legal requirements, impossible. And if you want like part-time, like based on individual, like granular contributions, like that is really tokenized effort through contests and retroactive funding and community awarded compensation and, uh, you know, streamed payments by a second, uh, like pay for each tweet. I don't know, basically like very modern, flexible, fluid way of uh, compensated labor. Uh, crypto is the only way. And so essentially if you... I would say if your company has a, a scalable, repeatable contributor loop, so when a lot of people can do a very simple task to move your organization forward, then the DAO employment is the way to go. So let's say you do an investment DAO and you need 1,000 people reviewing 10,000 new NFTs per day and finding the new gems. Great. So it's a scouting, curation kind of operations. Everyone has exactly the same task. Go check out a few NFTs, see what you like, why, send reports vote for others, NFTs, like help us discover the best new things. Uh, same with investments, same with uh, social media, same with content, with videos, music, uh, building together cities in the metaverse, uh, like VR architecture, things like that. So uh, those are great examples where it's like scalable, repeatable, parallelized effort in, uh, and labor and especially digital cross-country, cross-nations. Uh, uh, that's where basically DAO employment shines. I 
I feel like uh, a lot of people too, when they hear DAOs or even kind of understand what it are, they they feel like it's this kumbaya circle where how are we going to get everyone to agree from the same on uh, the same ideas, how to use our money, how to make decisions. Yeah. What are the mechanisms that you know allow this to actually happen when people have so many differing views? Yeah, dictatorship. Uh, so <laughs> so ne <laughs> nearly all DAOs these days start centralized. So they, they don't actually fully decentralize. So they say, hey, the full operating control is with the core team. Uh, there is individual decisions such as, hey, let's vote on the budget or let's vote on investment deals or let's vote on like elected officials within the DAO or you know, let's vote on whether we do this investment or not. So you do very specific uh, decisions uh, to community or like let's pick one of three options for the shirt design for our recently acquired sports team. That's fine. Like you, you can't, you can't lose a business by choosing one of the three shirts uh, and we will choose the most popular one. So probably a good choice. Uh, so uh, yeah, but you, you don't let them choose the head coach or like you be very careful before you allow your community to choose the head coach. So they might nominate, they might help vote top 10 or something like this, but you know, when Another first... one is like you'll you let the community vote for everything and then just have the veto power. So that means right. the yeah. That's kind of how I yeah, that's when I when I first heard of DAOs, that was definitely something that, that popped in my head. When I when I first heard of DAOs, I was I'm I imagine this is probably pretty common uh in the industry, but the line between this fully autonomous organization and the centralized organization where you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hire people, you're gonna have to get people involved. That line's got to be all over the map because, like, it's it's really hard. So in our in our 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 world, people have been talking about a fully uh, decentralized crypto sportsbook solution. So no one no one owns it, right? It just completely runs on code. Everyone uses it. There's no you know there's very small vig. There's no governments involved. Anyone can use it. But like, it's really hard to run a business. I don't know how you could code that out and and be dynamic for the future. Right. So those things started popping in my head and it's like, well then how, okay, now, now we're gonna have to hire people. How's that going to work? Well, we have the voting structure. So that makes some sense. You could vote for somebody in, but it's like, okay, well then how do we get the money to him to pay the contractor? What sort of recourse do we have if this guy rugs us? <laughs> you know, these are all questions that, that, that pop up in my head. Um, maybe, and, and maybe we can, Maybe we can give like a specific example, like we were talking about earlier, and walk through it. I don't know if you guys want to start doing that now, but it's an idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, not sure. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Fin uh, what did you have a comment on Brian's uh, thought there? No, I actually didn't got the question fully. So, do we need to like do a case study of one of the existing DAOs? So, what was the question? Well, it was really just more of a comment on the line between how do we hire, how do we deal with like real world application of hiring people to run our DAO, like being involved in our DAO. Because, yeah, yeah. Like in my so, head, so, most of the things I think are fun, like even buying a sports team, you can't just write that. I Like in my mind, I don't see how you can write the code from start to finish to you owning a team. Like, I just don't see how that you like, you're going to need some intermediary. Yes. Uh, off chain representation. Yes. Uh, yeah, so basically nearly all new DAOs start centralized first. There is a core team, there is an operating entity, 
and it produces like it uh, it leads fundraising it brings the builds the community and then it figures out which part of the business of operations can actually benefit from decentralized setup uh and it's typically either bringing capital together or bringing this contributor loop together like a lot of scouts a lot of content contributors a lot of ambassadors and influencers working together so if there is anything repeatable scalable uh, parallelizable, that part is, is living in kind of decentralized arm. It's a little bit like, um, uh, government, like national government. So you have re like, um, uh, legislative branch that is more representative and community oriented, like parliament, the Congress. And then you have executive branch, which is more like presidents and ministers and departments. And those are career professionals and they might even go from administration to administration uh and still be in the same place uh so in america there was you know a lot of media about this like house of cards and whatnot but there is even probably a bad example in, Brit in britain uk when they have this uh, series called uh, yes minister and then yes prime minister about like uh very likable but highly incompetent uh uh minister who was elected and then there is his uh, subordinate who is a career administrator who is in civil service and he's super competent about how not to do anything right like how to like stall any progress and uh, like keep things as they are and there's like a lot of fun dynamic and i think not to say that that's how DAOs will operate but um by the way I encourage you at least google it on youtube like youtube like searching on youtube like a few clips it is probably the best show about politics ever uh yeah. okay everyone who's seen it shares that opinion so what are so with with super dow and and you know trying to be the shopify for DAOs, what do you have any big uh success stories that have gone through uh super no, DAO we just, so we, just we, we, we just starting so the private beta starts next week um like we will already accept a bunch of companies to that uh, organization there but we will they're going live starting next week uh uh, so we expect maybe about 20 DAOs to go live on SuperDAO this quarter in the next six weeks, so five weeks, and then about 1,000 in the quarter two. So we, we received over 2,000 applications already. So there wow. is a, the, 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 the demand, demand is real. Uh, and this is we, like before any real marketing. Like, I, I don't know if, you know, this podcast appearance counts as marketing, but like, uh, hopefully, we'll receive <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we'll receive some. So if you guys are listening and want to apply for SuperDAO private bet, then just try it out. So go to superdao.co and just uh, hit early access and just fill your email and uh, we'll follow up. Awesome. Um, someone in the chat, uh, Drico here asking any concern that the SEC yep. might call yeah, DAOs yeah. and registered securities? Uh, yeah, so the answer to this is there is a safe playbook and there is a dangerous playbook. And we advise all our customers to go safe playbook. But if someone wants to do like a uh, risky playbook, it's it's uh, their choice. Uh, we are just offer a provi provider like, I don't know, Gmail. Like you can use Gmail to start unregistered securities. You can use SuperDAO to start unregistered securities. Uh, so the safe path is you sell NFTs for utility only, and then you sell tokens to private accredited investors, and you make the tokens initially untradeable, kind of locked against trading. And then later, much later, when you have a fully blown build up product, you can make your token to be a form of payment for your services. It becomes more of a secure, like a utility token. You can make it a governance over something real. And then it becomes much more like, uh, utility then you can decide whether you want also to finally have a sufficient level of decentralization 
And if you hit those two points, sufficient level of decentralization and the true utility kind of behind your token, then you can list, unlock, unlock against, you know, unlock your token, make it tradable, uh, either on Coinbase, FTX, Binance, whatever. If you feel like you achieved the enough utility value, but still kind of question mark on decentralization, then you probably can list outside of the United States and kind of still be fine. So you you said something there. Is, is this is it, so like the way I'm picturing like NFTs and crypto is like once it's on the chain, it's minted. That's it. That's not changing. So if you started a DAO where you start small and like down the line, we want to trade, we want to eventually trade. Can yeah. we change all that code, the original DAO yeah, code? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. So it, it all depends on your smart contract. So you can write a smart contract where things are completely unchangeable, uh, everything's set in stone, the organizers can't upgrade the contract. And that was kind of the first generation of smart contracts for both tokens and NFTs. That was great for people who bought them, but it was terrible for the, the creators uh, because what if you got a new series? What if you improved your artwork? What if you want to add a tier what if you want to change the lockup schedule what if you figure out something better so the opposing uh plan is the creator control so if you have a gradable contract then creator can okay now we add in wallet now we add in voting system now we add some modifications to the voting system now we like update the artwork or whatever so they can improve and evolve the organization but there is less security for the members so the ones who bought token nft because they bought something that's on chain. Everyone can see it. It's in, interoperable with all the other tools, but the creators still have a control, so they can still upgrade it, or they can print more NFTs or things like that. So it's it's a but look like if Andreessen Horowitz is buying a share in a startup with you know a mil, like a million shares, they start and the founder is still in control. They can print hundred million shares. They can dilute uh, Andreessen Horowitz. They they don't have full anti-dilution control, especially if it's a safe. The, the the simple agreement for future equity, there is no like direct anti dilution controls there. And as far as I remember, you yeah. can put a, like a huge option pool. You might might be direct anti dilution, yeah. But if you like put a huge option pool and just employ every family member with the option pool, uh, you can still you know dilute the existing shareholders. Uh, the same with NFTs, yeah. Yeah, we're not maxis here, so we're, we're yeah, finding right, a little, right. little centralization. But I but like it. Why on the blockchain then? Because then it just sounds to me like it's just code. Well, uh, that you could just make put public on GitHub. Yeah, one thing, one thing is interoperability. The second one is at some point when you feel like you did a good job, you can freeze it. So you can say, okay, we like stop, like it's no longer upgradable. We like revoke the right for our, from ourselves to upgrade it. And, and now it's like fully fixed. So it's kind of, it's, there's an evolution period of time. Or you can say it's evolving until this point. And after this point, or any future amendment on only with a community vote. So only com community needs to vote for any future upgrades. So basically, the contract can't be upgraded until unless there are signatures of like over half of the members or over half of the executive committee to 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 do any future upgrades. Gotcha. So I, I know we only have you for a couple more minutes, but uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get into a full on, you know, brainstorm yeah. for, for some of our ideas. But what would you say for people who are getting their ducks in a row? Obviously, they need to check out SuperDAO, but like, what are the main few things you need to get in order before you think about launching a DAO? Well, you can start right away. There is no prerequisites. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the good first. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Questions to ask yourself is, who is my first 10 members? Uh, why am I doing that? What's the purpose? What kind of good of the world we want to bring? Uh, what's a good name? Uh, like, how would we name the DAO? That's a huge, huge, important uh, decision. Uh, and uh, and then, is there what is our social capital strategy? Do we have a famous person among top ten? Anyone with a newsletter? Anyone with YouTube? Anyone with podcast? Anyone with Twitter? Anyone who can like you know broadcast that that's a cool idea and bring other people who have like high standing in social media? Uh, and uh, so you want as many people who might be not even hands-on, but might lend either credibility or distribution in, in some way. So getting social distribution, because essentially there are people who would help you distribute the signal or the signal. And then there are people who may be less uh, well-known on social media, but who will be more hands-on contributors and will put time. Basically, there are people who put their follower capital and there are people who would put their time capital. And um, so you need high follower people first. Uh, uh, another one is just, Hey, start writing your manifesto, which is like, you know, one, two pages, manifesto, roadmap or white paper, whatever you call it. I call it notion doc. Uh, but basically, uh, yeah, start, start writing a doc describing what it is, how is it called? What are you all going to, you know, deliver together? Uh, the good news is that you can just Google a, you know, hundred thousand, see their roadmap and just copy them and like start, you know, changing names and whatnot. One fun thing that happened is. Because we, we did so kind of relatively well on fundraising, proceed and seed, I just see so, and I share privately. I, we didn't have a pitch deck, by the way. So we just have Notion Docs. And so I shared those Notion Docs privately to a bunch of, you know, pre-seed and seed stage startups. I see so many startups these days that just using the template from SuperDAO. It's, it's, it's so fun to see. What if we, what if we have a, a, like a, a full, we have all those questions answered. So like. Awesome. We have. <laughs> Hypothetically, I'm saying here. Yeah. We so we wanna start like a, a sports betting. This is all hypothetical, sports betting yeah, lobbying group. So we know we can we that people are interested in it. There's incentive for them because they're sports betters. They want protections from this yep. kind of monopolistic system yep. that's out there. Yep. yep. We know we know influencers. Yep. We have uh active Discord. Yep. What what would we do? Where what, what do we do now? So we got all that stuff. What's next? Um, this is great. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking in, in no, the go air. Ahead. Uh, yeah. So I would call it, this is a special interest group. So you're building a very powerful special interest group. I think there are two ways that can threaten the uh, the politicians to actually take any action, as opposed to like saying nice words and do nothing. One is capital and another is number of voters. So you either raise a bunch of money and start giving them to candidate A versus candidate B, depending who takes the big, better position. Or you have like a million people who is actually willing to show up on a poll and for whom this is the deciding issue. So they're not looking who is the best customer, uh, uh, best candidate on abortion rights or uh, housing or economy or taxes. They see who is the most pro-betting like pro candidate. 
So you need to build a, a huge list of people who declare that they would rather vote for pro-betting or like for modern betting or for flexible betting candidate. And then again, like person who is conservative on betting, regardless of every other political stance, for whom this is the number one issue. And so if you build a huge number of, of those people and then you show that those people are real, so they're not just a signature on the internet. Maybe you, you do an event in, in the streets. Maybe you take over one mid-sized American city for a day or something. I don't know. So you're sure that you are real. Uh, and that, that that's a, a because the politicians, they're thinking, okay, I need to take three public stances and I want to take three well-organized, consistent groups. I will say I'm pro-guns, I'm against abortion, I'm pro-betting, I'm blah, blah, blah. So they're taking a few stands, trying to say, okay, I got this group, I got that group, I got that group, got that group, and together I uh, kind of get enough groups to get me over half. And so if I just be friendly over these very self-organized, monochrome kind of single-issue groups, uh, then I'm good. So you basically, the purpose, I'm, I'm talking more political strategy right now, not the DAO strategy. So the, the purpose is high membership, I would say. So the higher the membership of the group you have, the more formidable you are. I would say the higher membership, membership size is even probably more important than uh, at the end of the day than uh, capital. Because capital, and another thing is that there are two sources of capital. There is uh, there is uh, kind of retail capital. So the average member who donates, I don't know, five to 100 bucks per month, whatever. And, and then there is like institutional slash, you know, high net worth individual capital. The, the, the people. And so the, the people with high capital or family offices or think tanks or whatnot, they, or corporate interests, they were like, hey, if there is organized movement, if there is enough kind of grassroots support, we like, we chime in. So we come in. They come second almost always. So basically, if you show like, you know, 100,000 people, a million like regular members, then you start getting, okay, now maybe some of the beginner. Now you have Peter Thiel. Now you have like, you know, Elon Musk or whatever. But they will join the movement when the movement is popular. Because same thing is like, yeah, you everyone wants to join something that's popular. So essentially, DAO mechanics is amazing to catalyze like hundred thousand people who strongly believe about something. So the way you do it uh, is with tiered NFT collection, and we can help because that's exactly what we do. So essentially, you figure out ten or hundred most uh, kind of high social capital people who are in your immediate or like second degree circles, whom you can sell personally in DMs, in the call, in WhatsApp group, in iMessage, whatever. Say, hey, Johnny, this is the idea. This is one pager on Notion. This is going to be cool. It's going to be like, you know, turn everything down. And I also have a lot of fun factor. Like, so, so like, it's a party. Like, we're going to have a good time, even if we, like, not move the needle right away. It's going to be just so much fun. And so it's just spending time together with people who believe the same things. And so can you be with us? And uh, the only requirement, there are two requirements. You need to tell us your Ethereum address uh, 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 and um, um, be willing to accept our most epic, legendary, limited edition NFT for free and maybe do one retweet and also allow us to tell that you're in the club so that, that we can publicly say that you actually have that NFT. So let's say you have 100 of those people. Then you go to the next 1,000 and say, hey, those 100 already in the club. They got the NFT. Like the, This movement is growing. Do you still want to get a free NFT, maybe second tier or whatever? Maybe you need to do a little bit of organizing work. Maybe you do one tweet that's like, hey, we're receiving an application. It's still free NFTs, but you need to apply. It's a combination of like high social standing or high time effort. Uh, please apply to our movement. So let's say another thousand people apply. 
Now you do another tweet and now you have the hundred people plus a thousand people. They all can retweet. So you can now go to trending tweets. Uh, and you say, hey, you need to retweet. It's like a third tier NFTs. You still get it free, but you need to retweet. And like maybe, you know, 10,000 retweets. Now you like, now you start getting steam. And, and by that time you have also decentralized contributors. Maybe they do memes or designs or like t-shirts or, you know, there you start getting like uh, cultural capital around this. Uh, so like internal memes and uh, titles within the system and Discord is blowing up and things like that. And uh, and then you say, hey, this is great. So we now need like a core team. We now need staffers. So let's do a little bit of a little bit like a crowd raise. Let's do more NFTs. Let's do tier four and uh, let's have them 0.1 ETH for like regular people. And I don't know, one ETH for like people who don't have uh, have too much money. And uh, And so they buy it. And so now you have like a little bit more. And you have different tiers. And then again, there are events for just tiered people and there is private content and there are cool insights and uh, I don't know, basically people who hanging out together. Uh, and I say, okay, we are now 10,000, 100,000 people. And so, and again, we might have put one tweet per week is to be the most trending tweet out there on, on our topic. And uh, now it's become visible. Now we can bring, now we can start a podcast and like bring the politicians uh, on our you know calls and grill them on the legislation and why they should be more friendly and educate them on the issues and uh, tell them what they should. And then they will come because, hey, they want to address a, a, constitu- a constituents group uh, of, you know, 100,000 people who are like a voting bloc now. Um, and um, yeah, so and, and then you introduce community treasury. So some of the uh, NFT proceeds go to community treasury. Some of that goes to uh, to like operating team for like uh, off chain kind of stuff. And then. Uh, and then some, maybe you do at some point a private raise. So private raise, you start bringing, like, maybe you will introduce a corporate tier. I don't know if you want it to be completely grassroots or grassroots plus corporate uh, and say, hey, the corporates can also contribute money. So it's become a SPAC or like, okay, now we're launching a SPAC. Now we're launching uh, something else. And uh, and then you can say, now maybe you start um, uh, accept the politicians into, you know, card carrying members. So the NFT carrying members. Uh, so they, so essentially you can say, which now you got the first Senator with an NFT in your thing. Now you have three senators, you know, and it's like, it's growing and you show that basically it can be a special interest group organized uh, through NFTs, uh, and DAO structure that has its own capital and then have its own leadership and hierarchy and, uh, or decentralized kind of team structure and chapters and whatnot. And, uh, uh, and it can become template for other lobbying movements as well. That is quite the campaign. I was not expecting. <laughs> well, uh, at the start, the, 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 at the start, it's just airdrop free hundred NFTs. We can do that. So we basically have. Was, the, my idea the, was, <laughs> we just hire some lobbyists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, so you can just sell a thousand NFTs for zero point two ETH and hire lobbyists. It will be probably uh, uh, less fun, I would say. So yeah, so you, you can you sell NFTs to raise mo- raise the money. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they just donate to some fund. Yeah, yeah, the NFTs are better because that feels like you retain some governance rights and you can decide which lobbyists and how much. And you you have a member area where you can see the report from lobbyists and maybe there is a Zoom link where you discuss how it went out. And maybe also as an NFT carrier, you can actually. So, for example, I actually participated in some lobbying in California for housing efforts and like uh, pro housing legislation and. 
uh, because I was like, you know, even a tiny, like five bucks a month, to be honest, contributor, like I was invited, but I was like, I don't know, have some other reputation points, I guess. Uh, so I was invited on a trip to Sacramento, the state capital of California, and went to like 10, 10 rooms in a row with uh, assembly members and uh, with over 10 or 20 of us. And, uh, and I was so basically going on a lobbying trip to like your know, state capital and state capital and meet a bunch of like legislators in the same day and whatnot. But we had a professional lobbyist with our group who actually scheduled all these meetings in advance in a single day. It was pretty fun. And we like educated a bunch of people and, and they educated us. So. Well, uh, we really appreciate you swinging by. I feel like we have plenty now to uh, to brainstorm. And uh, maybe once uh, if we get an idea up on its legs, we'll, uh, we'll circle back with you and uh, get some more advice. Sounds good. Sounds good. It was great to be on the air. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. You, you guys yep. can all follow uh, Yuri on Twitter at uh, Yuri Lifshitz, and I'll put that in. Uh, it's down in the description. And also, you can follow uh, Super Dow. You also have a, a link on your website to the Dow Playbook, which I just linked in the chat, which has kind of a lot of the high level outline. So, uh, thank you again, Yuri, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Guy. It was was uh, really um, awesome to be here. All right, we'll talk have to you a later. Good one. Appreciate it. Well, that was good. I uh, I think I was surprised by how um, pragmatic he was. Like, I, I feel like sometimes when I hear people talk about DAOs, it, it feels very kumbaya to me, like just more philosophical. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could all right. just form a group? And, make, and he was just like, incentivize people in the right way, give them NFTs because then they want, like, he just was very blunt with kind of the mechanics and how the incentives work on this stuff. And the, the big issue, which is the decentralization, right? That in the crypto com community anyways. And he's just like, hey, th some things aren't, lots of things aren't decentralized, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've been saying that for two years now. Lots of stuff isn't decentralized. Um, that makes me, but, and the other thing he said is um, where it's not lo locked in stone. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Uh, I know, which I feel like there's pros and cons to that. I mean, and he mentioned Ethereum and Ethereum famously, why a lot of Bitcoin people hate it is because they have the whole Ethereum classic thing where they paused it and forked it, uh, because of the stolen stuff. And obviously that can't happen if Ethereum is fully decentralized. Like we're living with Ethereum classic right now and, and all of the, those stolen coins or whatever. So it, it is interesting how that being able to intervene at the start can actually be, you know, very important for the longevity of a DAO. Do you know of any NFTs right now that are, that are like that, that I are think, totally centralized and they could change it at, on a whim? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, even just kind of with the code on the way things point back to the, uh, where they hosted on the IPFS site where, you know, the images can be changed and stuff like that. I, I think a lot of, uh, NFTs aren't, uh, fully decentralized and that's also why people are always, um, you know, talk about things being on chain, yeah. um, because then no, I'm, I'm saying completely centralized, like, they, oh, completely they centralized? anything. Yeah. That'd That's be a good question. To know if any are just completely centralized. I would um, guess on some of the layer two I bet some solutions. Of them yeah, you know uh, the way he the way he did it. I kind of thought it was more. You open a wallet and like through the code, this wallet is operated by from the 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 the, the code bylaws, the DAO code bylaws. But with the NFT, because the NFT idea, like it's like me. I mean, how many people are going to be giving us? 
you know, not us, but if somebody started a lobbying thing, obviously this is all hypothetical. Like you, you want to give them like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever. It's like, yeah, but then you got a minute, you got a minute in your NFT to, to contribute. And it's like, that is a little pricey for a fundraising operation. And then I, I didn't ask him about like Solana or like one of the other ones is, does it matter? Does he care? That'd be an interesting question because if you can go on the cheaper ones, then uh, yeah, NBA top shot. I <laughs> well, I do think like his his example of those those two things of in the one you had talked about, like it's just going to take a lobbyist and a shit ton of money, or he kind of outlined the other route, which is you build up such a groundswell yeah. and such a big community because it's cool, because it's fun, because you have influencers. I, I was just watching, have, I, I don't know if you saw it or heard about it, the uh, the Nepali mountaineer who climbed those 14 mountains. And there's this documentary on it, but his last mountain, uh, the Chinese government uh, had closed the mountain down for the season. And he's like, this is part of my whole thing. It was project, you know, that he had been, you know, dedicating all of his life to completing. And he put on his Instagram account. He's like, hey, will you guys write letters to this email address at the Chinese government? And like thousands and thousands and thousands of people did it. And Chinese government finally said, fine, we'll open it up just for you. And like, that's kind of to his point, right? Where it's like, you either get a ton of money where you're lobbying these guys or you weaponize so many people behind a singular cause that they can't ignore you. I I, I like it. I, that's an optimistic, and I think yeah. that's a little optimistic. In our in our that specific scenario that I kind of want to address, I think it's too niche, too niche to have. Uh, yeah, to get that popular. But hey, I'm I if somebody could pull that off and change some some something that's positive, that'd be that'd be interesting to watch. I don't. I also I I don't want. I don't think it would cost that much. Like if we just wanted to do. Boston, or let's say a small state, some small state. All you need to raise is a hundred grand, hundred fifty grand. In those states, like they, their campaigns are probably like fifteen thousand for the whole year. You know, like you could probably do quite a bit of damage. And I do think it is kind of marrying a few different things. Where one, it's like you said, it's just hey, we're just going to raise money to go to this lobbyist group. But if you can actually make it almost uh, more participatory where it is almost like a Patreon, like you're getting access to see how the sausage gets made for all of this and you get to vote and have influence on it. Cause that's ultimately what you're trying to do. It's like, this isn't the quote unquote most fun thing. It's not as fun as, you know, you know, digital, uh, you know, JPEGs or whatever. But I, I do think if you could find a way to triangulate um, making it fun and interesting for people to be a part of the process um, that that could be interesting. I mean, that, that's kind of my idea. It was, so it's all, it's all voting. So I, I don't know how it's done through the DAO. Maybe I guess that's the second part you're talking about with the interface. So you have to build some sort of interface in it to um, work with the DAO code. So you, you, you vote on whether you want to pick Vermont or bought or Massachusetts or what state. And then you vote on how many lobbyists you should have. And then you vote on which lobbyists and then you vote on who should be the face of the movement and call the lobbyists and send them the check or something like that. Like that's kind of how I saw it is everyone's involved and the money doesn't get released unless whatever 51% or let's say the vast majority, 66% of super majority vote on it. Um, so like everyone's still involved, not like a charity where you just give them 50 bucks, then you close the window and you never think of it again. Right. You're like, you're like in there voting and like, okay, 
this lobbyist seems like a piece of garbage. Let's not give him 10 grand. Let's go with this guy. And just everyone votes on it. And you talk about it on discord or, or yeah. like a, or like a podcast or something like that too. Yeah. That's how yeah. I saw it. I was totally involved. You know, everyone's completely involved or if you don't want to be involved at all, you just want to give 50 bucks because you think it's bullshit that people are getting limited or you just think that it should be legal in these States and you want to support that cause and you don't want to deal with it. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited too. I, I don't think we've, uh, announced this. Are we, are we able to say who our guest is, uh, next week? Is yeah. that booked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have Rufus Peabody on and I assume a lot of these ideas and things we're talking about are things he's thought about and has even probably tried to behind the scenes, uh, make happen. So I think talking to Rufus will be like a good logical extension of this conversation of like, how, how could you actually put this on its feet? Yeah, definitely. Hopefully I, I'd be surprised if he hasn't thought a ton about it though. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I would just say rather mm-hmm. like, I don't think a lot of people are thinking about these DAOs in, in, uh, in the lobbying realm. I really think if it can, if you can incentivize it properly, I think it, it could be like this sort of like arms race for like niche lobbying. And right. like, cause like, I, okay. So I get to get involved in this and I can make money. <laughs> You know, and I'm not saying like our idea is for people to make money. It's purely just like a a cause that you either are or behind or not behind. And like, do you want to throw 50 bucks or whatever to help these people in these states that don't have sports betting or to, to push back on limiting or whatever the hell, you you know, it, it would end up looking like. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. No, I, I, I think... I will, the thing that resonated too is like, if you did have one proof of concept where something like this worked, it, you know, it would really get people's attention. Cause just my guess and, and kind of what I was asking him too, is like, I think people are still very skeptical about this, like on paper, DAOs say sound great, but then in actuality and even asking him, like, what are the best use cases for one? Like we don't have one yet. Right. And I, and I think that is what makes it, um, scary and unknown for people. You know, I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> Yeah, blame them at all. Like, I I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's cool, and I would be a hypocrite if I didn't like this type of stuff because this is why I got into Bitcoin in the first place. Is you, your head starts spinning on like, oh my god, we don't need Visa and Mastercard, we don't need banks, we don't need what else can we do with this? And then you hear about smart contracts, you're like, oh my god, like you could start your own business and everyone gets paid out through this contract and there's no arguing and you all work together and stuff, you know, and just go on and on. Like, well, now we finally have some, we have some shit going. Like they haven't succeeded yet, but they almost bought a soccer team. They almost bought the constitution. They almost bought et cetera, et cetera. It's like finally real things are happening. It's, it's cool. And there's going to be some disasters. There's going to be some disasters for sure. Um, But the, the fact that it, the fact that it's not on, not like locked onto the blockchain, like I'm sure that's going to scare a lot of people. The maxis will lose their shit and just point at that for eternity, no matter how successful DAOs end up being. They'll just point at that. It's not on the chain. It's not on the chain. But like he said, you can put certain things on there and then lock in the rest later. And so like if you want to live in a world of com- complete decentralization, first of all, you can't. You'll have to move to your own private island. But like then you're probably not going to dig the initial – DAOs, but then as more as this more as this code gets written and everything and examples get made like his spotify for you know his super DAO site the spotify for DAOs, will have 
more and more of this useful code that people can build on like video game graphics getting better and better over the years, you know? So like the more, the more it gets done, the more, the more you're going to have, you're going to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, GM says, aren't you thinking backwards? Why not make a gambling DAO that decentralized or could be made to be legislation proof? I mean, those are the ideas that were kind of spitballing. Yeah. I mean, that's first of all, I'm not thinking backwards, like a decentralized sports book. I mentioned it on this. Yeah on the on the show but that's, that's far been, more ambitious than right I, I'm, for, I'm all for it yeah sign me up where is it i'd love to see it like i just i think the with like i said this code is in its initial initial stages maybe 10 years from now when there's tons of autonomous code that people can just steal and then make a sports book somehow with a little bit of addition like additional ad- autonomous sports book sure but if it's going to be centralized then first of all you're probably going to get in trouble if it's not completely decentralized, because there'll be someone there to arrest. Um, but like people have talked about it, decentralized poker. Like remember uh, seals with clubs? Yeah, they tried to get away with just using Bitcoin because it's not, it's not dollars. And didn't Mike Hunt either got? I, I I don't think he went to jail, but he definitely had to pay the government. I believe. Like, yeah, they, they went after him. Well, the one I mean, this one was literally one of the first kind of um, non-Bitcoin coins that I thought had utility and uh, was Augur. Do you remember hearing about Augur back sure. in the day? I think I had some. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's still up. I just went to their website, yeah. uh, Augur, your global no limit betting platform, um, a decentralized sports book. The problem was from what I heard uh, was, you know, people would set markets on various things, but there was just like no liquidity. There was no, they just didn't have enough users to to actually pull it off. But that was theoretically it, that you could make a bet on anything in the world you want and post and, and have someone take the opposite side and allow a smart contract to kind of hold that money for the duration. And, and, Draft, and DraftKings and FanDuel aren't as big as they are just because sport DFS is so fun, although it is. They put a ton of money into marketing. Yeah, and getting involved, and then a ton of money into legislation, like trying to get themselves legalized in these states, and a ton of effort put in by like a huge staff that's incentivized from, you know, bonuses and pensions and share shares in the company and stuff like that. It's a massive undertaking that, like, I like I I, I okay, if someone can pull it off, if Augur takes off, great, I'm on board. But like, I just don't. I don't see a lot of these, like even this simple idea of just hiring a couple lobbyists in Massachusetts. Like, okay, we're going to have to vote on it. We're going to get people on it. And then we're going to have to figure out who's going to be in charge to get the money to the lobbyists. How's that going to work? Are they going to rip us off? You know, like that's a lot of work just in itself. And it's just like a simple, tiny little idea. You're just trying to cut someone 10, 10 grand, you know? So yeah. like, Hey, if you can make sports book, you make a poker site i'm down yeah i do think like he said in the short term and this is kind of merging what you've talked about in the past would be getting enough people rallying behind this issue and then find a politician who would want to make this one of his three tentpole kind of platforms that that he were to run on yeah but i mean like but it's hard I, th- I think in our, you know, I could be wrong, but like in my experience, I would, I would almost kind of like, you might even want to just keep this quiet. Yeah. 
just raise enough money to get some, like maybe some ads in the newspaper, get like, get some, get them on your side, get some lobbyists just working behind the scenes when no one's paying attention. <laughs> maybe some hit pieces on Jason Robbins. You know, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, that that's how we end this show. Uh, please don't clip that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, uh, interesting talking to Yuri excited to, uh, continue this, uh, next week with Rufus. And I believe I, I tentatively even have a guest lined up for two weeks from now. So Brian, we're, we're really, uh, yeah. we're got we're getting our shit together. Yeah. This is a real professional outlet. We're <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, I got the the links down below. If you guys want to check out uh, more of Yuri's stuff, if you guys have uh, any ideas or stuff, I did create a thread in the Lulz mm-hmm. uh, channel in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Uh, we were kind of just spitballing Lulz DAO. So if you guys feel inspired from tonight's conversation, you can hop in there as well. We can we can also just do something small and fun. Yeah. You know, like who knows? Just just to just to do just to do one. You know, like I, 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 I had, we had some ideas in there. Like, like, uh, we could, like we could buy Osmo.com. We'll fundraise. <laughs> <and> <laughs> buy Osmo. That would be good. No, I was saying too, cause I, the one I had put in there because it was, it's at one of them is happening now. The FSGA awards. Everyone always complains about the awards that it's just whoever it's pay to play. It's whoever, you know, whatever they like, they get it and stuff. So, uh, I feel like a, a decentralized, uh, DFS awards or fantasy awards, uh, mm-hmm. kind of community could be a fun one where, you know, the actual Doug Polk has talked about it with poker too, how it's all just a bullshit, you know, popularity contest. Yeah, like a Hall of Fame. There you go, DFS. Right? Hall so, of Fame. like, yeah, Cl- Clemens and Bonds would be in the Hall of Fame if it was decentralized. It's <laughs> true, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea. Um. All right, I got to run. Head over to uh, ship chasing. Like I said, we're going to be back next week with Rufus Peabody. If you guys have questions for him too, uh, toss them in the Discord. Uh, I can also create a thread that and that way we can just have uh some additional content if you guys aren't familiar for some reason with him um widely considered one of the best sports betters uh in the world he just launched uh, a new company you guys probably saw peter jennings uh joining them on their board unabated uh sports also has a great podcast bet the process uh podcast which is a good uh sports betting lesson so yeah if you have any questions for rufus let us know uh brian any other plugs on your end uh, I got PGA ownership up for tomorrow. If anyone's playing PGA, wants some free ownership, brick75.com. Also have a app on there, sports betting app. And, um, I have Mozilla. I have it working for Mozilla too, although I haven't oh, nice. posted that yet. If anyone DMs me, I can give them that file too. Sweet. There you have it. Um, the audio will be up in a little bit for you guys listening, uh, on podcast form for Brian. Thanks again to Yuri for joining us. I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next week with Rufus. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.